This week we're doing something a little bit different. We are uh, teaching the kids what the sword and sorcery genre really is. And we have a special guest. Tyler Chin Tanner is with us. He's going to talk about his uh, his comic book series, The Orphan King. It's a fun episode, so hang on and enjoy the ride. Okay, I'm the geeky dad, Raphael Moran, and I'm here with the Multiverse Kids. Ariana, nine years old. Rayon, six years old. And uh, you are what? The Multiverse Kids? The Multiverse Kids! Okay. Um, and we're in the Multiversal Chamber. You know, you guys always say that you know about every little genre of, of stories and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and all, every different franchise that they have What's out a there. Franchise? You know, you got like Marvel, you got DC. Oh, you mean universes? Basically. That's a franchise. That's what it's called. It's a universe. Not a That's franchise. Why it's called the multiverse kids. I understand. Now, you guys never talk about um, sword and sorcery type of stories. Wait, what? What? Do you know what sword and sorcery mean? Wait. Like fairy tales, like stuff like He Man. Fairy tales. I mean, He Man. I guess you can count as a. And that's sorcery, and that's a sword. What is not set in the past? Oh. Yes. I think like sword and sorcery is like magical. Magic, and like we, swords and we, people fighting with swords. We talked I mean, about He Man. I yeah, but I don't think that counts. Yes, it does. It has swords. It has sorcery. It has yeah. magic. It's in a different universe. It has, yeah. has, has technology, though. So what? Yeah, I'm talking about something in the past, like... Oh! Like, it's in the past! Like, like, you know, King Arthur stuff. Yes. No. It's like Star Wars based in the past. Yeah, but they have a lot of technology. That's because they're aliens. Yeah, I'm talking about something less technologi- te- technological... Like okay, Fett. I don't know what happened to me when I said that. Like Boba Fett? No. No. He has no technology. He does have technology. What? Jetpack. No. Mando Guns. doesn't. Guns. Mando doesn't. I'm talking about something set in the past. Like, you know, like Lord of the Rings. I don't know what Lord of the Rings is. You were set in the past. The Hobbit. <laughs> What's a Hobbit? Oh my god. You don't know Dungeons and Dragons? Wait, oh yeah, I know that. I know one. Karate Kid. Yeah? Uh, um, I know about Dungeons and Dragons. It's, some, it's in some of the books. Uh, it's like there's this dungeon master and then there's four different races. There's a human, elf, uh, then there's something, something. I forgot. Yeah. It was basically, that's what Lord of the Rings is too. Yeah. There was a fighter, a wizard... Cleric and a thief. Yeah, they're, they're, those are called role-playing games. What? Like you take a role in the game mm-hmm. and you play. You know, just like in Hawkeye, you saw the LARPers. Remember the LARPer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they do it in real life. Okay. Um. So, in this episode, we're gonna have you, Ariana. Mm-hmm. 
review a sword and sorcery comic book. Yes! Yeah. Wait, what about Ram? No. He's not going to be able to read that book. He's too small for that book. This is for you. Ran, get the hell out of here. Hey! We don't need you. No, he is. He's a Geeky Dad. It's no. called the Geeky Dad Podcast. But we have our own channel. I mean, you got a point. Guess what? You're not in this episode. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Ariana to the review the new book, Orphan King. Now, um, you've read sword and sorcery stuff before. You've read like... Books with King Arthur and stuff like that. I haven't read books with King Arthur. Yeah, the Magic uh, Treehouse. Oh, yeah. I have almost all the series. I have read Magic Treehouse. Hey, hey, hey. Why are you back? Get out of here. Anyhow, um, you know, uh, you, you, you haven't read any comic book like this before, right? Yeah, because the Magic Treehouse isn't really... Um... I'm not talking about the Magic Treehouse. I'm yeah, talking but about. I'm talking about the Orphan King. Most comic books you're you're reading don't don't have this, right? It's adventure with heroes. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, there's a lot of comic book related TV shows out there, um, but everything's all superhero, superhero, superhero. Why don't we ever see like a show? You know, four kids where it's like, you know, it's set in the past and they're fighting with swords and stuff, you know? Why don't we see that? Would you like to see that? Yeah, I like swords. Yeah. They should probably use this comic book and adapt it into a TV show. That's going to take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, we'll be right back with our review. This week, we uh, review a comic book series called The... Orphan King. Yes, Ariana is going to be doing the review and talking about the book. Now, um, what is Orphan King about? Well, um, the Orphan King, he... He, like, gets sent to a different island than his regular hometown with his aunt. And when he comes back, he's all grown up. And he says, and he sees his whole family, it's gone. Everything is like a wreck. Yeah, the whole kingdom has been just destroyed, basically. Yeah, and there's these outlaws, you know, Mm -hmm. like Robin Hood. Uh And they're they're these knights. Uh And they're, they're like the bad guys. Yeah, and they're trying to to kill the, the little orphan king, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he is the rightful king if the king is dead, basically. Yeah, because he's a prince. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit like, you know, um, King Arthur. I guess it's a little bit like He-Man too, right? Yeah, and he has this, this uh, sword, this royal sword, and then he also gets a, a, like a small knife for, for the, from the outlaws. Yeah, uh, this book is written by Tyler Chin Tanner, and uh, the art is uh, also very, very wonderful. Uh, y- y- you you like the art on the book? Yeah. Yeah. 
James Boyle did some really wonderful covers for each of the issues. Did you like the the covers? Yeah, it looked cool. Yeah, they have nice like design to them. Um, by the way, ha- ha- are you used to reading swords and sorcery type of uh, stories? Comic books? No, no, just swords movie uh, like stories with swords and magic. Yeah. And and um, monsters. Yeah. What type of books do you read or movies or anything like that? I don't know. You don't know. No. 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 So how? Why did you say yes? Because I know that I read some. But you can't remember any. No. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. I mean, you you've uh, read um, the Narnia books, no? No. 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 I mean, I don't know if Harry Potter counts. Yes, it does. I mean, yeah, he does have a sword at one point, right? Yeah, in the chamber, chamber of secrets, I saw, I saw all of the um, movies, but I'm only up to the Goblet of Fire in the book. Right, right. I mean, uh, I guess you could say, um, uh, Legend of Zelda. That's that's that. that that has swords and um, yeah, but I don't read that. I mean, that's your only influence experience with it. Right? Yeah, like Smash Brothers. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, also, again, like I said, like, He-Man is also like that. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, technically, you could say Star Wars. Oh, yeah! I mean, they have laser swords and magic. Yeah. And creatures. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, this, this book... There's also Star Wars books. Yeah, I mean, this book had some, um, some, some creatures in it, too. Right? Yeah, like a giant owl thing. Yeah, that was creepy. That was not creepy. Yeah, owls are creepy to me. How how you are think, you not creeped out by owls? You think everything's creepy. Their heads can spin around and they're like in that's a circle. That's because its eyes can't move. It can only stay in one thing. So that's how they have to move their head around. They're vicious. They eat like meat and like people if they're big they're enough. They're nocturnal. Yeah, that's even more scary. Like Like bats. You're not freaked out by that? I no? am freaked out by bats. Yeah, so you should be freaked out by owls too. And they all they go they go like woo woo woo. Oh, it's woo woo. Oh, okay, yours is even more scary. No, it isn't. Anyhow, they also had some like rat things, like rat people, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's even more creepy to me. I, I don't like rats. Me neither. No. <laughs> at least they're not. At least they're not as creepy as. Bugs. <laughs> I mean, you don't know if the other books will have bug creatures. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. That's creepy. Yeah. I wonder if the sword is going to have any, like, magical properties. Huh? You think? I think I'm thinking about He-Man. No, also, like, uh, Excalibur. You ever read uh, King Arthur? I have. I never read it, but I saw the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean... There's a lot of books based on King Arthur and... Like He-Man? What? Like He-Man? I mean, I don't know. You know. But uh, this is probably one of your first experiences with uh, this genre of sword and sorcery, I think. No. No? No. In comic book form. Right? Uh, no. You've read another comic book like this. Star Wars! There's Star Wars comic books! Yeah, but not like this. This is kind of like in the the past type of thing. 
That's more in like a... That's also in the past. Oh. Uh, it says, uh, it always starts like a long time ago. Oh, in a far, 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 far away. A long time ago in a galaxy far away. Yeah. I mean, I guess. A long time ago. I guess, I guess. I mean, I mean, technically we don't know if this is set in the past. Mm. Do we? It could be another planet. Dimension. Dimension. You know. Yeah. So how do you uh, want to rate this book? Four thumbs up. Uh, there's like, uh, how many issues did you read? Uh, four, like five. Five issues, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the we're gonna be um, uh, having the author of this uh, book on the show today, and uh, he's gonna tell us a little bit about the book, a little bit about himself, and. A little bit about the future of the Orphan King. Are you excited about that? Yeah. Yeah? So, yeah. Uh, so, you're going to say thumbs up. I'm going to say thumbs up. The writing is cool. The characters are cool. The art is cool. And, uh, you know, you know, people get tired of, like, superheroes and comic books all the time. Try something else for a change, you know? No. I mean, no. Fine. Exactly. You know, try to stretch your uh, imagination. You know, comic books can be any type of genre. It doesn't have to be superheroes. It could even be romantic. It could be comedic. It could be fantasy, sci-fi. Just two people talking in a room. Just like uh, you and me. What? Yes. It could be spooky and horror. Yeah, it could be anything. So, if you're in the mood for a different type of comic book series, check out The Orphan King. All right? Today we are with um, Tyler Chin Tanner. Am I saying that name correctly, sir? That was excellent. Good job. (laughs) Um, We've been mutual friends on Facebook for you know a while but uh we never really met uh face to face like this before um but the main reason i wanted you on this show was because you posted a video with mm-hmm. your daughter yes yes and this is what this show is all about it's about fathers mm. you know sharing the things they love <laughs> with their children and i yeah. really love that video that you posted Oh, thank you. Yeah, is that our flipping through the vintage comics, the Fantastic Fours? We've been uh, we've been going through that. Just sort of happened fairly spontaneously. Um, I mean, we've had experimented with different uh, YouTube and this and that, but uh, she was just hanging out in my office, and I was looking through my old comics. And you know, I don't know. I mean, it's funny with the collectability of all these comics, kind of coming to the forefront again. Um, It just had me looking through my collection and sort of like thinking through like, what am I doing with all these runs and and things like that? And, you know, some of them I've been sending off to CGC just because you sort of feel like that's a good thing to do with your super valuable ones. But a lot of them, it's like, I'm not going to send these in. Like, I don't want to. The grades probably aren't so great. They're nice. Um, 
Yeah. And I just started, well, I can flip through this one. And then I just started showing her and we're like, why don't we record this? And we weren't even sure we'd post it. We just thought we would record it. And I put it on and uh, yeah, it's, it's been super natural, which has been nice about it. Cause so many of these things that you do, you feel like you're going to have to like, you know, put on a mat, you know, a face and to do a performance. And this right. is like really just turned on the camera and it was and sweet. It was sweet. I like Yeah. So so yeah, sorry if I'm just sort of taking all, you know, I just took that and ran with it. But uh, yeah, that was the origin of, of us doing that. And, and you know, I love comics. Uh, I You know, my parents didn't really get me into it, but I was just sort of started reading them off of the spinner rack mm-hmm. and the, found a comic shop nearby. And I was reading like the stuff in the, that was coming out in the 80s, but I was also finding older issues, 70s, right. even 60s. And, and so, yeah, part of my foundation was, was learning this, um, these like early Marvel, especially. Right. So you're, you're a Marvel guy, I'm assuming. going up. Oh, def- Definitely a little bit more. Um, yeah. When I started, I mean, you know, it's funny. I would say actually the two superheroes that got me into comics the most were Spider-Man and Batman. So that's a little more even keel from the two big two. But then I think with just like Hulk, Fantastic Four, even X-Men, I, it just, it grew a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe. So that was always been my main main universe i never got too much into the i don't know green lantern or even superman or that, that much i don't know i kind of right. liked i guess there's a little more grounded even fantastic four that's like crazy it's still sort of like the family and, and stuff so that that's what i liked like the most so um that that love for comics is what made you want to do comics i'm assuming yeah yeah you know i didn't take the exact direct path i had thought about it but I mean, my parents weren't really creatives and like they said, I mean, comics was sort of my own thing. So I didn't have a direct path. Um, I got into the teaching for a little bit. And then from there, I just, you know, it was while I was teaching abroad after teaching stateside for four years that I was just like, I'm just going to go for it and apply it to the Kubert school. Not even quite sure mm-hmm. what my path would be. Went there, which is a great place if you just sort of love the medium and are still want to figure out mm-hmm. what side of it you know, you want to get into. I think that's what people don't realize. So many people that come out of the Kubert school are, you know, go into production or this or that, you know, different sides of it, not just all interior artists. Um, what, you, what, learn, you learn all the nuts and bolts there. So what did you yeah, major kind of, in when you went there? They didn't have majors. I mean, you could choose animation over sequential art. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are really the only two fields. It's like either get into the cartooning, sequential art type thing, or they had a small animation department, which, which some people got into. But uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, the Kubert School is like a trade school. It's Joe Kubert and Adam and Andy and, uh, you know, his son. So it's like, yeah, comics. You know? <laughs> really felt like almost going into like, you know, 90s comics world. Right, right. That's probably like the apex at, at that time, the 90s. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was funny. It was um, because you know when I went when I went into teaching, it was right during that '90s period where I kind of moved away from comics um, a little bit, just because of all like the bagged bagged collectibles and the death of Superman and things like that. But then, but then I when I came back into it, you know, it was just right after that, and like you know, a lot of good independent stuff, and, and they were doing a better job then. So. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a good period to get back into it. It was before the, you know it started booming again, like more recently. Mm-hmm. It's really been growing, but uh, definitely we got back to 
to basics at that point. So yeah, it's fun to go to the Cubert School at that time. And I, I think they've only just stepped up their game since then. So it's a cool school. So you, you, you started your own publishing company, uh, mm -hmm. Wave Blue World, with yeah. your wife, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was my supportive, you know, spouse, you know, right? It was actually the same time that we got married. I met her when I went to art school. Um, she did like comics as a kid. She did have a small collection. I got to see some of her Dazzler and Spider-Woman and stuff mm -hmm. from that, sort of that same time period. Uh, but then she was also just really encouraging of me, you know, doing my own thing and, and wanted to be part of it. And mm -hmm. I mean, she's super smart and literary. Uh, at the time she was getting her PhD, but she's since then become a novelist as well as, mm -hmm. you know, I've roped her into co-writing some graphic novels with me and editing yeah. a lot of my stuff. So yeah, she's just been a big help. And uh, it's good to have the perspective of somebody who's just a little bit outside of the industry too. They're not mm -hmm. just like so like through and through. Um, you know, it, it opens it up. You know, we've done things that are a little more literary, right. embodied anthology. Um, yeah, you have a very diverse uh, content that I've seen. Yeah, we've, that's what we've tried to do. In some ways, it's harder to establish a brand identity, um, especially doing one-off graphic novels or anthologies. Everything's different each time, you know? Yeah. I think we have a little bit of a bent, um, and I've tried to focus it more, but it's hard because I never, if I see something that's really cool and unique and has something original to say, like, I don't care that much mm -hmm. what the genre is. I mean, it could be horror, music, Kung Fu, uh, you know, we've done f fantasy and sci-fi. So it does, it does sort of keep changing in that sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just really, I mean, we go for really good stories that have something unique to say and just try to do quality books, books each time. You, uh, you're a literal like mom and pop comic mm -hmm. publishing basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got, we've kind of gone for that with our branding a little bit too, because I think at some point people might have been getting confused that we were more of a corporate entity or trying to grow in that direction or something. And I'm just like, no, no, this is really like, I do this from here. You're, this is this is the way for the world right here. I have some staff remotely and things like that, but this is really just done. You know, Wendy and I as a couple, our kids, Lucy and Maddie have been involved from the beginning. I mean, everybody that works with us, we sort of consider family. And, and yeah, we're trying to do this like a real, mom and pop type yeah company. yeah, yeah. Um, ha, has being a, a, a father changed mm -hmm. the way you, you you approach your projects now or do you want to do something that's geared towards them maybe you know I, I'm starting to do that now it's funny there's a bit of a lag and I think that's how creativity works is the things you experience it takes you a little while before you can process it and have it come out as, as a creative work. Because when my first daughter was first born, I was doing mostly mature stuff. I mean, we did American Terrorist when she was like first born because I don't know, I guess I had like politics in the future of the country on my mind and you know more angst and things like that. And it wasn't until I started growing up and I just did my first YA title came out in September. Um, it wasn't until like a couple of years ago that I was like, oh, I want my kids to be able to read my stuff or, you know, people of that age group. And isn't it a shame that like when I go somewhere, 
a convention or a store. Like I have to make sure the kids don't open the book because they might see something. And, you know, I wanted to have more of that content. So we've been, as the industry has also been going towards YA, yeah. Brave, we've been doing, we've been growing in that area as well. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Orphan King. Okay, great. Um, it's, it's, I really love the book actually. Oh, thank it. you. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's like, it's a mix of uh, like King Arthur's legend, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a twist, a real like twist on it, not just telling or reimagining. It's just sort of taking the basic concept and being like, I really want to take it in a different direction. Yeah. Um, so that's why I didn't even name him. He very much is a King Arthur type character, but I renamed right. him Aiden and renamed a lot of the characters and, right. and mixed them around a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, the ma main thing I wanted to, to be different is that he doesn't become king. Right. We'll find well, out what happens in the book, but, but he comes back uh, and instead of just pulling a sword from the stone and being like, you're king now, they're. Kate's, yeah. he's like he's too late the king goes in destroyed and he's sort of he's got a sword but he's just wandering wandering around this destroyed kingdom and uh on the run and he's no longer royalty so he's got to learn learn and to make his way in the world without without being mm -hmm. special and how how long are you planning to do this series because uh i see that you're planning a sequel right mm -hmm. yeah yeah and even the sequel definitely doesn't answer the longer questions. Um, what I tried to do with the first volume was give it, give it the opening adventure on its right. own, kind of wrap that up, but also put in place the long, you know, storyline of figuring out what happened to his family and where is his mother and, yeah. and, and things like that. And so that's definitely not even going to be wrapped up after volume two um, because just because of the way that I set it up. Mm -hmm. um, so he's going to sort of continue his adventure as he makes his way down, you know, towards where the new empire is being built. He'll learn a lot about his land and a lot of different lessons, both in the flashback and in the current day. Um, so, I mean, to answer your question, I, I don't know. I would have a feeling it need actually need to be at least five to get me to where I'm going mm -hmm. but some of it might just be the success of it I think probably number two much like movies the sequel the second one goes a long way to figuring out whether there'll be a lot more or if you'll be done uh, the first one sold pretty well I mean not like gangbusters mm -hmm. and become the new sensation or, or anything but it, it I was very happy with the sales and I was like well we'll definitely do number two and and you know see how that does so you know so you you don't have like an end game in sight. Like I have more of the, I have more of the end game in sight than I have exactly the pieces that get us there. Mm. You know, and just how elaborate that can be. I mean, if I wanted to, I could just be like, well, we'll do three and be done, right? Mm -hmm. And I could get us there a lot faster. He'd be like, I have one more middle adventure, and then you know the the finale, you know, at at the Empire and everything like that. But I'd much rather do five six i don't know we'll, we'll we'll sort of see i'll judge as i write because i'm writing volume two number right now so i know that only takes us so far um but then i'll decide maybe i have to speed things up with number three or or conclude at number three or maybe i'll i'll just keep doing fun some of it will just be how it feels to me and some of it will be like do i think this will sell enough sell well enough to keep keep going for a while so 
Mm-hmm. That's my best answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, print or digital? What do you feel you get your sales best in? Oh, it's definitely still print. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no question. Um, in terms of selling digital copies, like $9.99, whatever, download, you have this, read it on Comixology, you have the PDF, that's that's really slow and lagging behind. Like the sales just do not, do not match uh, print sales. Where you can really build your audience is more of the subscription sites, um, free sample or read for the first chapter up free where it's like a much smaller cost for reading or somebody subscribing. So we've been doing more of those sites where it's like we don't get nearly as much for the page read or whatever it's kind of like a spotify with music or things like right, that right. um so that's growing and that's probably where it's going and you'll just kind of the good thing is if you're building your audience you know it's always better to have you know ten thousand people reading your book than one thousand even if you're not quite as getting as much money um because there's just potential for this continued growth of audience and eventually they might buy something or a merchandise or or something like that so you know, we'll see. I, I mean, personally, I love for people to read it digitally because as printing is getting more expensive, paper shortage, shipping is more expensive, international shipping is becoming more of a headache. I'm just like, please just read it digitally. <laughs> like, yeah. For me, that's great. But I, I mean, I still love print myself. And I love, yeah, to I see love the book. feeling of the paper, you know, in my hand. And I just love to look at it and, and just actually hold it in my hand and not mm-hmm. just stare at my screen like I would a social media video or something like that. You know, it's, it's just, a, you know, different. So I don't know if that's something people will grow out of or not. Right. Or just always be something special about reading and about art that, that you can see it as well. So. Did the uh, pandemic hit, hit your company hard? Well, um, there, I mean, there's definitely some difficulties and some challenges. Um, I, I think the strength of our company and this, even what I'm leaning into even more is just, you know, the, the flexibility of it because it's a small company and uh, we all work remotely and we already were doing, you know, working with our staff remotely online and Zoom wasn't quite the thing yet, but Google chats and, and stuff like that. So we were able to just sort of keep things going besides not getting our checks from dis- our distributors for a few right. few weeks that was that was challenging when they just sort of shut down and i'm just like okay there's be about six weeks or we won't have any revenue um we've been used to the ups and downs of that because when you have a book out or don't you know but to just have it shut down for that while was was a little rough but other than that we just sort of was like you know we slowed down the pace a little because it, you know, there wasn't, there was a bit of a bottleneck anyway, or, or things were shut down and then there was a bottleneck. Um, tried to, and that helped defer some of the payments to the creators if everybody's just sort of slowing down. But other than that, we kept things rolling. Just was like, everybody take it easy. Be patient with yourself. You know, take your time. We'll do this. Just, you know, don't, don't stress yourself out. Uh, that's still my mantra. I've been trying to just, you know, just, okay, only do it when like, you know, when I can be calm and just like, you know, that's first because it just, it gets so hectic. I mean, with kids, I'm talking about just family and kids 
dealing with the world in general and the pandemic and who's going what and where and then also yeah. having this whole company to run like through through the computer right um, like, you can have wow. just a million balls in the air right and you don't want to work like that you put some of them down settle it down and breathe and and get to work <laughs> when you had the kids home during the pandemic and yeah. schooling them and all that yeah and, and taking care of the company at the same time that that must have been crazy right that was tough uh yeah we're still doing that they're still i mean we're getting more used to it but they're still just taking their zoom classes and their tutors and um my older daughter goes to see a tutor in person as well mm -hmm. as doing some classes um but yeah it's you know we've, we've sort of gotten used to it um it's it's super tiring as well all right you there um <laughs> you know so i mean i think there's this fatigue that you're continually sort of like there's nothing you can do to sort of to change it like it's just going to be like this for a while but you get used to it and you just get used to waking up and not taking the kids anywhere there's just everybody's just staying home and uh right. we'll We'll work around each other and, and make it work the best that we can. Um, besides Orphan King, what are you planning to work on, like personally, like any projects? So personally, in my writing projects, I am writing two long series. Um, the Orphan King and the one that came out before that was actually Mezzo, which is a mm -hmm. uh, a Mesoamerican inspired fantasy epic. And volume one came out in 2019 and uh, it's taken us a little while, but next year we're finally gonna have volume two out. And I'm excited for that. And that's another one that I see being about five, five volumes and I'm writing volume three, right? So right now I'm in volume three of Mezzo and volume two of The Orphan King. And uh, I just love those two series so much that I'm pretty happy with, mm. um, with focusing most of my energy on that. Mm -hmm. That being said, I am also co-writing a middle grade and a young adults graphic novel with my wife as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working with her, so she's gonna do a YA and, and a middle grade. So co-writing, it's it's more like she she sort of puts the the um, the the main ideas out there and down right it's almost more pro style and i put it into like a script and stuff um, so have yeah. you um decided to do any more um art you know that's something i struggle with i would love to do art but but i mean as anybody knows who does art it that's a full-time job unto itself and i'm already struggling trying to figure out how to write my own stuff and run a company yeah. so I mean, I used to try to do like hold some time to do drawing or just be like, even if I just do an hour a day just to keep it going and things like that. But it's honestly became too much for me. So I do love to draw and I love to draw sketches and books or or um, just a little sketching on my own. But I just really I can't much. I would love love to. And, just, you know, it, it pains me to say it. I really I just can't. Put any structured drawing on on my on my plate right now. Right. Um, someday I would love to. Maybe the kids kids are older and uh, we're not in a pandemic. Maybe I can start with some some short stories or or something like that. I would love love to get into it. But uh, 
So somebody, I just saw somebody, I forgot the artist is like 95 and is like, I haven't done my best work yet. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be me. I'll just, I'll just be like the retired comic artist, you know, like when I'm older, that's when, I, that's when I'll draw. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but, you know, you also edit all these other books for your company, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And again, I keep having to ask myself, is this, is this worth it? It is fun, but it, but it's a whole new world, even if you're not writing it. I mean, you take Bloody Hell that just came out. And, and mm -hmm. I loved editing that with, uh, with Clay because he wrote a great script and he really just, you know, he's an illustrator, uh, artist by trade. And so I just really kind of got in that world and got to get my head into that world and just talk, talk him through some things. And then, I mean, I did mostly cuts, just being like, you know what? You don't need all this kind of like thing. It's funny when an artist fills up their pages with word balloons and you're like, no, let your art do the talking you know which he did such a great job of um but yeah i've done that i'm doing that with you know some of wendy's projects and other things so every once in a while you know create our own project will come around and if i'm going to publish it then i want to read it and if i read it i'll probably have some thoughts about it um i feel like it's if you give a pig a pancake book here if i do this then i'm gonna do this and that's how i just end up doing all this thing because it's like I'm almost a one-man band. I mean, I'm not. There's no disrespect either to my wife or the staff that I have on here. But I mean, I just, from from start to, to end of the process, I've got my hands on uh, on everything. And so, yeah. Well, you know. It keeps me, keeps me busy. But. Being so busy, being a dad and yeah. running a business, what, what, what makes you geek out right now? What are you geeking out over? It could be movies, TV, books, what? Um... Yeah, well, I mean, I've just been loving taking, I don't get to watch a lot of TV, but I've just been loving the Marvel um, TV shows. Uh, Hawkeye just started. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was able to spread out the first two because they dropped the first two and I, and I spread right. that out. But, but then I just watched the second episode like Wednesday and I'm just like, ah, now I have to wait a week again. Uh, so I've been watching some of the streaming stuff. There's some good stuff coming out of Cowboy Bebop we were watching. And, you know, so I like to do that. Um, there's some great comics, a lot of indie comics. So I read those. Just I just love, love that kind of stuff. I keep up with you know Valdo Hoy, Mad Cave. Just getting some of those. You know, you know, um, really uh, even Image. You know, I don't want to like. Um, there's some good stuff that they they do. Um, uh, so yeah, I love that. And uh, I mean, I buy old comics still too. So it's all comics. Besides like a TV show, it's all comics. It's either collectible old comics, um, the new stuff that's coming out or, or making my own or artwork, original artwork mm -hmm. or commissions. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm super excited. I don't know if you know, um, Zoe Thorogood did Impending Blindness of, Blindness of Billy Scott. Uh, that was one of my favorite graphic novels to come mm -hmm. out in the last year. And I got a page um, that's supposed to be coming from Afterthought Bubble. Uh, original art page of that that I'm excited to get that in um, because that's been a market that's been zooming up too so I've had to go more indie on that because all right. the Marvel stuff and DC stuff is super expensive now very very expensive other things especially um, but, every time the mo a new movie comes out this keeps raising the prices too and, and that's why I've been selling some of my comics because I'm just like if if this, you know, I love my old comics, but if the first appearance of so-and-so in a TV show, right. you know, I'm like gonna sell it if it's a thousand. It's, it's crazy just how many like 
thousand dollar books. I have. I'm sorry if this sounds like a brag. It's not. I mean, it's not. But just like I mean, I I used to buy these comics for thirty, fifty, hundred bucks back back in the nineties or whatever. And like I knew they would kind of go up a little or figured they would, but and it's all just first appearances. So like 90% of what I have has only gone up like a little, but right. every first appearance has just been like you like the Agatha Harkness is a thousand dollars now. I know, like, okay. I know. Who would have thought, you know? <laughs> you know it's like i'm gonna sell my fantastic four 94 for a thousand dollars uh yeah. the first black knight i had avengers 48 i mean all of all of this stuff it's like so yeah, I, I, mean, I don't care marvel's uh gonna use every character it seems like yeah and, and and that's why i have to be a little skeptical as much as i love it myself it's like there's gonna be a saturation point i mean come right. on like, right. i'm not saying all of a sudden marvel will suck and everyone will hate the tv shows or something like that but it's like who who are we buying this for? Who's going to be the next generation to be this excited about <laughs> uh, Black Knight and and Agatha Harkness and well, you know, people? You know, I don't I don't know. So when it, when when you start seeing like um, movie adaptation adaptions of like Dark Hawk and like yeah, Walker, exactly. you know, I'm glad I almost threw those out. I remember at one point I was <laughs> moving and I was like, Dark I Hawk, have those Hawk, number one. I should just throw this out, but I didn't because I, and so like, I'm glad because I'll someday I'll have a dark hawk movie here. <laughs> Zach Efron or something. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> so you just never know. Yeah. Um, Speaking of is, Hollywood, has uh, any bite from Hollywood with any of your projects? There's been some bites. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. I can't talk about anything yet. Uh, it, it'll be coming up. Um, but you know, I mean, bites. That's that's how it starts. You know, you get some bites. You hope it's something. You know, you, maybe not. Maybe it will. And uh, we do have an agent now, which is great. Um, it's funny because I started off so indie in comics and didn't need an agent or blah blah right. blah. Now I just love my agents because it's like they take care of things. I love my lawyer and my agents. It's like you guys are wonderful. Please take good care of me. Um, but this guy's really cool and uh, he's made some some um, big deals. Uh, if you know the series Canto, IDW put it out. He worked for David Boer, who wrote that and made a big deal with for him. Um, so that was great to see. And, and, you know, now he's out there just, you know, trying to get some stuff for us. So we'll see. Cause you know, one book I think would look awesome as a movie was like bloody hell mm -hmm. book. That, yeah. That just, just looks so cinematic to me. It would just work. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. That actually wouldn't be me because I do creator owns. And uh, if someone does a creator own with me, they, they have their own media media deals so that would be on clay but i totally agree that but that or, orphan king also yeah. would be an awesome series or a tv show or something yeah you know I, I mean i'm totally into that idea i mean i do comics for the sake of comics and that's what it's always for but I, of course i would be excited you know both for the notoriety of the project and um you know just to see just because it would be fun to see um but yeah so so we'll see you know, like yeah. I said, there, there have been talks, there have been conversations here and there, and, you know, we'll have some news early in the new year, um, but nothing like crazy yet. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I hope so, because, uh, you know, they're going to run out of comics to adapt sooner or later. 
<laughs> well, I'm just waiting for the shift away from superheroes since I haven't done right. superheroes. Yeah, well, you know. The other genres of the comics. Want some yeah. swords? <laughs> I mean, I swords and sandals is pretty popular too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You ever um, thought about, uh, you know, um, doing like a prose novel, like a long form uh, novel? Um, back in the day, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I have the motivation. Um, just because I'm so versed in comics, mm -hmm. um, and it is a different craft. Um, and I've seen my wife doing it because her first novel comes out um, in just over a year. Um, and she's just been doing redrafts over redrafts. And so, I mean, that's both like intimidating, but also like, yeah, I mean, I could do that. I mean, you just, you, you understand the work, but it's mm -hmm. such a different craft that I'd really have to change my focus from, from I mean, I just write, I write so minimally because I never want to get in the artist's way, but right. you still write a story with feeling and, um, uh, I mean, just you just want something that can translate to a visual story. I mean, that's what I see in comics. I'm not trying to write a story that will be drawn. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to write something for the visuals, for the artist to draw. And then I'll definitely like come in with, with some dialogue here and there where it needs to move along. But uh, uh, that's just the opposite of prose, where you're writing it all out so somebody can picture it, you know, you know in, in their mind. So, um, you know, it's not like I you say that, and I think, no, never, I would never do it, but I just not in the mindset for that right now. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know what I would have to do to get there. Well, uh, for instance, uh, for Orphan King, did mm -hmm. you help design the characters or did you depend on the, the artist to do all the design work? Well, I described the characters and what when what I saw from them, but I I didn't. Other than some notes about the armor and, and the sword, the hilt, mm -hmm. and things like that, I didn't really get too much into that. Um, so yeah, that was James mm -hmm. uh, Boyle, the artist on that, who really drew drew what what in there. So. Um, I mean, it had a distinct look. I like the artwork in that book a lot. Yeah, I like James' style, and it was fun to see him work on this because I'd seen some fantasy covers that he had done, and then he did like a tarot deck and stuff. And so I kind of want to get that sort of feel into this. I thought he was a great. The covers thing. are beautiful, by the way. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he, I can tell he's a slight strength. He does like comics and storytelling, and he does have a slight strength in, in illustration and and images not not like fine art illustration which is why it's a good fit for fantasy um but yeah you know i mean he absolutely knocked it out of the park for the the book cover for this first volume it's going to yeah. be a challenge now because now the bar is set i'm going to be right. like james you need to do something as good as as that first cover for volume two so <laughs> so in the in the other books in the series he's going to grow older and progress the, the character, I mean. Um, like he's going to be adult or... He's... No, no, no. It's going to be gonna... pretty quick. The, the current timeline. So it started four years ago when he went to the island. I mean, that's a flashback. So right. the flashback will progress over those four years. So you'll see him from like 10 to 14. Oh. But, but in the flashback, as I learned. But but this current, no, it's going to happen like over a couple months, I would say. For oh, cool. so... so in the next five books, he's not going to be like an adult or something. No, no, no. It's all a pretty quick, 
you know, at most I'd say a year to finish up this, this adventure that he has to go on. Cause that's the main storyline is to go figure out this. So you, you don't plan on doing like a flash forward to show him as an adult? That would be something entirely different. I mean, like I said, I might do this first overarching storyline in like five volumes, but he's only going to be about a year older at the end right. of that. But, you know, maybe the next thing I do with the character will be a flash forward to, okay, what's he doing now as an adult? Because this is only going to be 14 to 15. So, ah, okay. Um, I see. You know, what you're... I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But we will see that growth in the flashback is, um, mm-hmm. You know, this first book, you really only just saw his first couple days yeah. on, on the island. Um, and um, yeah, we, I mean, that's going to be a big part of it going forward, the lessons that he learns and how he applies that to his adventures. We, we, uh, we're introduced to a couple of uh, fantastical creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, were, were these based on original ideas or were these like creatures like from other... Um, like myths or um, books or anything? Um, no, I mean, we really just made them up for what we needed. Um, the first mythical creature was the fairy man, actually, that mm. took him across. And James sort of just drew him, <laughs> drew him like that. I was like, oh, I guess we're going to have a sea creature for a fairy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I didn't really write him to be like a, a creature, but uh, he was just like, yeah, he, this guy's going to be like a, I don't know what he looks like, a, like a, Creature of the Black Lagoon, almost like yeah. you know, fish-like character, and that was like so the first first um, foray into the, the really like fantasy side of it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know how to live up for that for a little bit. So in in number two, when he's at the castle, I mean, I just came up with these creatures, the Zwelks, which are little like porcupiney, squirrel, jumpy right. creatures. They're more animal than anything Look else. Like a little bit of like rats too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and there was just how James drew them too, like because I I kind of had one thing in my mind and he had it was a little different, but it totally worked. And, and, um, and then um, I invented a creature. We just needed sort of like a scary creature at the end, and I wanted to do some like combo, so I just made up my own. It was like an owl and a lion or something. I forgot what the the feet are. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just like, and then I just completely made up the name. Like I found like old words that meant like owl or. Or things like that and sort of twist and stuff that's what i do like i i wikipedia a few things get mm-hmm. some some odd terms and foreign language terms and switch the letters around a little bit and i'm like ah new creature there you <laughs> new new name um and yeah just sort of made that up and then that was about it for for the first volume but right. we're gonna have fairies and dragons in volume two so i mean we'll get We'll get that side of things. Uh, Any more original creatures? Because I actually like your original creatures. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to keep thinking of them, you know. I mean, I get to a point in the script that I just, like some undetermined TBD creature, you know, and I just (laughs) move on and then I kind of come back to it. But uh, yeah, I think think, that's the thing about the Haunted Hills. Like, it'll really, it'll give us a chance to expand a bit more on that fantasy side to it that you only got a taste of in, in volume one. Uh, I really want to open that up before we get into more of the, the war ending type thing. And um, fans of, uh, of this show, you can pick up um, a, a Wave Blue World books at awbw.com. 
-hmm. you can uh, buy the books directly on the website, right? Yeah, you buy them directly from me. And then we even have options to select signed by me for like the Orphan King. You can select signed by me and I'll send them out myself right here. Mm -hmm. Put it in their Gemini mailer, sign it, tape it off. And it's all very well. I know how to pack books. They come safe. Do, do you um, do any Kickstarters for your projects? Or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I've done six now. Um, um, you have one coming up? Uh, we have one, I think, believe in March. Yep, Ooh, but I can't. Okay. I haven't announced it yet. But, you know, uh, you can find me. I mean, it's it's actually Tyler and Wendy Chintaner because we did it before uh, we thought to name it after the company. But I'm on Kickstarter and you can follow me there or you can just, you know, if you're uh, following us on social media, you'll certainly see that we're going to launch one by March of next year. Planning on going any uh, um, cons soon? Yeah, not until June, um, which I hope it's safe by then. Uh, I'm so glad I did not sign up for any of these December conventions. Right. I also yeah. want to get cut out the flying for some time too. So next year I'm doing four shows, but I'm not going to fly to any of them. Um, Heroes Con in June, which I'm super excited about. That'll be great. Um, New York Comic Con and Baltimore Comic Con. And then I'm going to do the ALA. That's not really a convention. Mm -hmm. I'm at the Library Association. But you got to do that, you know, especially with YA. Got to go talk to those librarians, yeah. get them to yeah. order your books. So, yeah, I'll do those we, shows in 22. We got to worry about this new Omicron now. Yep. Yes, we do. <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a That's, transformer, right? <laughs> yeah, we went from a, uh, from a, 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 a airline to a transformer so yeah, you know. yeah. what's next <laughs> i don't know well, we could write a graphic novel and these could be the creatures and we'd be like, <laughs> omicron fights the delta there and nobody would buy it because they don't want to hear about it <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to hear anymore about it um yeah it's an interesting world interesting time we're just trying to do the best you know we can both in terms of decisions as a publisher and as and as creators so i you know I, I hope we get some i don't expect a pure you know cure and we're going to be done with it and it's oh it's got it's a thing of the past but mm -hmm. hopefully it'll get to a manageable point where we're like all right well, we just we've learned to live with this and you know as long as you're careful relatively careful you know your odds are pretty good so mm, yeah well um like I said uh check out uh, all of these great titles at uh, a wave blue world at awbw.com and uh, you can find his work also on uh, comicology and any other sites uh, you want to mention well i mean there's social media if you're on twitter it's just a wave the world same with instagram um in terms of um sites there's um spin Whiz, there's graphic um graphic comics or oh, crap i forgot no global global comics crap i don't remember sorry there's a few digital there's a few digital ones that we're on um but yeah awbw.com that's pretty easy to remember and you can find everything from there oh one thing i forgot to ask you how did you come up with the name um <laughs> uh, i was in art school yeah. yeah i was in art school at the time and i just knew i was gonna like i just I mean, I came up with my own imprint. I literally was doing this as like an assignment in art school, in not even my third year. In my second year of art school, I, I just start making this comic and I make my own imprint. And it's a spinoff of Brave New World, you know, the Shakespeare quote and the Aldous Huxley book. 
because I knew that was kind of the feeling I wanted to go this, you know, allegory for, for, you know, society, things like that. Um, and yeah, it's just a pun off of, it's just a silly pun uh, and off of Brave New World. And here I am 16 years later, still publishing under that name. So, you know, go figure. And I hope you uh, keep publishing for another 16 and more. At least, yes, I'll be here. We'll, <laughs> let's schedule another one for 16 years from now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Actually, just kidding. Let's do this, you know, whenever you want. I'll be happy to. Yeah, when, uh, when, you, when you're ready to do, to do the Kickstarter, we'll, we'll try to do it this okay. again. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I'll reach out to you for that. That'd be fantastic. Just because the show ends doesn't mean the fun has to end. We're now on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you don't like about the show. Help us. We want to work together with you. So, check us out. <laughs>